BHH Productions presents KB Cabaret, an original variety show, with your host, Bree Harvey. Hi, folks, and welcome to KB Cabaret. My name is Bree Harvey, head writer and producer of this show. KB Cabaret is a calabaloo of original skits, songs, poetry, and short stories. What's calabaloo, you ask? Magic from a child's creative imagination. I was five when I coined that word, and it's been with my family ever since. The settings originate from my hometown, Parlor City. And the stories originate from people who are a product of fiction. Names, characters, places, and incidents either are products of the author's imagination or are used fictitiously. Any resemblance to actual events, locales, or persons living or dead is entirely coincidental. Thank you, Kate. That, folks, obviously is my lawyer. Starring my friends, the Parlor City Players, Judy McMahon, Kate Murray, Molly Murray, Charles Berman, John Carey, John Montgomery, Bill Murray, and me. Your host, Bree Harvey. Welcome to our town. Welcome to Parlor City, where our friends come, come out to play. When neighbors don't leave, they stay and chat a while. Welcome to our town, to KB Cabaret. This week on KB Cabaret, we are very pleased to present our special guest, electronic musician C. Divers. Welcome to our time to KB Cabaret. Mornings are a special time for me. My rituals are simple. A good cup of coffee, soft classical music, and a little daily feature in our local newspaper called Advice with Granny Ada. And now KB Cabaret presents Advice with Granny Ada, Parlor City's cherished advice columnist. Dear Granny Ada, my son is in middle school and is having a difficult time fitting in. He is constantly being badgered and bullied for looking too much like a girl. There is no outer feature that would cause anyone to think he is a girl. Yes, he has a pretty face, but his hair is short. He walks, talks, and dresses like a boy. I've talked to the administration about this situation, and their response is, sticks and stones. He is at the point where he does not want to go to school anymore. I'm strongly considering homeschooling him. What should I do? Defending Pretty Man. Dear Defending, Bullying, no matter what shape or form, is bullying. There should be no tolerance to this type of behavior from the students. I'm surprised the administration does not feel the same. Having said this, I would examine your son. Does he have a special way of swinging his backside? Does his wrist hang limp? Does he like action figures a little too much? Today's children tend to be raised indifferently. Mothers think their sons should help with the dishes. Fathers think their daughters should play baseball. It's beyond me what this world is coming to. Boys should be raised as boys. Hair and clothes are just a part of the solution. Pierced ears are meant for little Latino girls, and theater classes are meant for no decent, morally upstanding citizen. 
boys need strength. Football and military school are the necessary tools to raise your son. I would make my phone calls right away. Find the nearest armory. Go to the coach in his school. Man up your son. No more kissing, hugs, and bedtime stories. I detect your husband, if you have one, is not in the picture. Obviously, your son takes after him. A real man would not be frightened to stand up for his son's rights. A real man not let his wife take care of important administrative matters, and therefore you would not be in this predicament. You will need to make sure your son has a man's influence while you bake bread and stay in the kitchen. Not only will your men grow a pair, but your son will be able to pull a Hail Mary, kicking that ball over the goalpost, making a touchdown for the team. Thank you for writing, honey. Have a nice day. Granny Ada I'm doing the show, Beulah. Come on over. Ladies and gentlemen, Parlor City's best-kept culinary secret and chef extraordinaire, Beulah Deschamps. I brought you something, dear. Oh, how kind. This is my special beef bourguignon. I thought we could make it together on the show because my husband man won't be home tonight. Oh? Leon had to stay a few more days in Boston for his work. So I thought I'd share this recipe here with you and your fine audience. Now, I brought three pounds of marbleized stew beef. This ruby red beauty has to contain marbles of fat to keep the meat tender and moist. I also created a bouquet of savory herbs wrapped in cheesecloth, consisting of fresh parsley, bay leaves, and thyme straight from my herbal garden. Isn't it pretty? Oh, well, wow. And of course, the P.S. de Résistance, a full-bodied leader of Cabernet from the grapes of South Africa, and a pint of this top-shelf aromatic brandy from Germany, sure to make this recipe into a party. <laughs> I don't know if you needed that much alcohol in Bourguignon. Well, dear, you only need three cups of wine and a half a cup of brandy in the recipe. The rest wow. is for you and me. <laughs> Um, Beulah, you know I can't drink while I'm hosting the show. No worries, dear. Then this party will be for one. Hmm. Ah. Oh, my dear, um, are you sure you don't want to taste the Cabernet? It's divine. Oh, thank you, but no. Oh, well, well. Yes, I brought you an apron. Wash your hands, dear, and let's get cooking. Now, since my man is bringing home the bacon... It's only fitting we try this big old six-ounce slab of smoky goodness and fry it up in a pan. I already cut the skin off and simmered the bacon from ten minutes in water, making this tender. Now we'll cut it up into thick slices and put some olive oil in the pan, put heat on medium-low, and fry it till it's crisp. Hmm. About two minutes on each side. Mm, love the smell of bacon. Nothing like it, nothing like it. Now, did you know that red wine reduces bad cholesterol? Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. My husband, Leon, loves this brand. Too bad he works so hard, poor baby. Mm -hmm. Ah, that should do it. 
I'll take it off the heat and set these lovelies on a paper towel. Mm -hmm. So, let's get out the beef. Where's the beef? <laughs> uh, here you go. Ah, uh, yes, there you are, Leon, Leon. You're going to love this when you get home. Let's slice the onions in these long julienne pieces. Yes, and then mince the garlic. That's right. <laughs> now place them in the fats of the bacon and let them caramelize on low. Low, 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 how low can you go? <laughs> Do you know Leon has been staying longer on those business trips in the past few months? His bosses are crumbs. Hmm. Let's take the beef and add it to the onions to brown on for five on each side. Are you sure you don't want to taste the wine, honey? It's so good. Mm. Mm. Now, I am a trusting wife, you know, dear. He always comes home and loves my cooking. Mm. Mm. Loves it. Like this beef bourgeon John John Beulah Beulah Um don't you, sh should I take the beef off the burner? Uh, oh yes, dear. Place the beef on a separate plate, dear. <laughs> Leave the pan with the fat, fat, fat. Do you think I'm fat? I'm I'm sorry. Fat. His secretary doesn't seem to be fat. She's too skinny, if you ask me. Um, should we be adding the tomato paste to the pan, Beulah? Oh, you bet. She's a cheap, skinny tomato. Who's fooling who here? We need the brandy. Top shelf. Uh, Beulah, the, the recipe. Oh. oh, my, this is strong. Just what the chef ordered. <laughs> top shelf, top shelf. She's got that, too. I'll bet she had those done. They're as fake as the excuse that Leon gave me. Working too hard. <laughs> Working too hard. Fading away. A lion on Leon. My two exes was more reliable. Guys, guys, I, I think Beulah may need to get some rest. Help her get off the set. Get her off the set. It is better... Well, I'd like to thank Beulah Deschamps again for leaving us on a high note with this fine recipe. And to be fair, we shall post the complete beef bourguignon recipe on our show's website, kbcabaret.com. That's K-B-K-A-B-A-R-E-T dot com. KB Cabaret's musical guest this week is Sea Divers. He is a musician who uses electronic textures um, to create or enhance a mood or atmosphere. It's called ambient. It's an ambient genre strictly of electronic instruments. The first selection is called Little Miss Loca.
And now, time for our weather report. Ah, oh, whoa, don't worry. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Ah, whew, hey, kids, don't try this at home. <laughs> Unless your parents aren't home. <laughs> well, okay, as you can see, it's raining out. But I don't wear no raincoat because when I'm doing what I do, I take chances. That's right, no protection for me. Any other guys say that? Uh-uh. Now, I'm going out on a limb here and take a chance by saying it's going to keep raining for most of the day. You know why? Because I heard it on Channel 5, that's why. But hey, any yokel can read a national weather report and look at a computer model. Well, I'm no yokel, pal. I'm strapping myself to this rocket here and blasting off directly into the clouds to get a closer look. Why? Because the other guys won't, that's why. Now stand back, everyone. This is Stan Hammer, signing off. And now, KB Cabaret presents Oh Too Bad. Mary, have you heard anything from the Tuber Corporation about whether or not they will need that proposal for this afternoon's presentation? That meeting has been canceled, sir. Mr. Tuber passed away last night, and the meeting has been pushed back next week. Ah, too bad. I really like that guy. Anyways, get a hold of Anderson and tell him to come to my office. Mr. Anderson isn't in yet, and we haven't heard from him. Well, let me know as soon as he gets in. Yes, sir. Uh, Mary? Yes, sir? My car's in the shop today, so I might have to order in for lunch. Try that new deli over on 3rd. That deli went out of business three weeks ago, sir. Ah, oh, it's too bad. Man, they had great pastrami. Yes, sir, and there's a Detective Smith here to see you, sir. Well, send him in. Mr. Cipher? Yes? I'm Agent Smith. We found your boat. Great. Where is it? Gulf of Mexico. It was stolen and used to smuggle drugs. Great. When can I get it back? Yeah, can't. They blew it up just as we were closing in on them. Ah, oh, it's too bad. I really like that boat. I'll meet you downtown to fill out the paperwork. Mr. Cipher, the garage just called. Is my car ready? No, sir. There was a mishap. Mishap? Yes, sir. Apparently the repair lift had broken and the car fell. The emergency crew had to cut the car in half to rescue the mechanic who was working under the car at the time. The car is a total loss. Ah, oh, too bad. I really like that car. Yes, sir. And that was a fitting tribute to a band that has given us many years of great music. As I mentioned earlier, we just learned that the plane they were on crashed in the middle of the ocean while on their way to the Greek islands to headlight a concert, raising funds for boat safety, killing everyone on board. In other news... Oh, man, it's too bad. I really like that band. Mr. Cipher? Uh, yes. I'm going to the break room to get some coffee. Would you like a cup? Uh, yes, thank you. Hey, Mr. Cipher, it's me, Jerry the guard. Come in, Jerry. I just saw on the news that Mr. Anderson was hit by a car in front of the building while crossing the street on the way into work this morning. Uh, is he okay? No, sir. He's dead. Broke every bone in his body. Ah, it's too bad. You know, I really like that guy. Okay. I'll just finish my rounds. Uh, Mary, did you leave for break yet? No, sir. Did you hear the news about Anderson? Yes, sir. The guard just told me. Pretty sad, huh? Yes, sir. Mary? Yes, sir? Black, one sugar. Yes, sir. Uh, Johnson, did you hear the news about Anderson? Yeah, me too. Hey, two things. First, you still got that extra car? Great. I'm going to need it this week. 
Second, uh, I got a couple of tickets to a concert this weekend for you and your wife if you want them. Oh, she did. Wow. When? Ah, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, I don't imagine you'd still want the tickets, but don't worry, I'll find someone. Uh, Mary, you back from break yet? This is Donna. Can I help you? Uh, where's Mary? Mary had a heart attack in the break room while getting a cup of coffee. What? Is she okay? No, sir, she's dead. Ah, it's too bad. I really liked her. Ah, now what am I going to do? I don't know, sir. I'm only here until the end of the day. Donna? Yes, sir? A cup of coffee. Did it happen to be black with one sugar? Nope. Ah, it's too bad. Our next selection from Sea Divers is called Back Road.
bad news. I'm pregnant. Oh, no. This is terrible. Who's the father? Well, I've narrowed it down to two possibilities. What? Are you serious? Who are they? Um, well, the football team and the basketball team. Sound familiar? You're pregnant and you don't know who the father is. You've been, as we say in the daddy business, very popular lately. Well, don't panic, don't fret, and certainly don't worry. Call me, Paternity Pete, the daddy guy. We'll weed through all your candidates to find the father suitable for your qualifications that discriminating mothers like yourself really want. Bachelor number one. How have you diversified your 401k? My what? Uh, Bachelor number two. Do you expect the Fed to raise interest rates in 2015? Huh? Bachelor number three. What are the advantages of investing in exchange-traded funds for dividends? Dividends? Aren't they for rich people? We have a winner. Meet the father of your baby. has a financial expert for a daddy. He knows all about overnight deposits. Call me Paternity Pete, the daddy guy, where the only size that matters is the size of his assets. Makeup, Stu. Okay. Um, okay, towel is on. Hmm, you need a darker foundation. I see you went to the beach. St. Thomas, the water's so clear. Lucky guy. I don't have vacation until September. See if I can put her in a good word for you. <laughs> Thanks. Hi, Stu. Hi, Meredith. See you're getting your makeup on. So are you. Boy, some tan. Thanks, St. Thomas. Oh, the water is so clear there. Love it. Me too. Uh, what else is going on? What do you mean? You know. Oh, the narcolepsy. Well, I think it's under control. I hope so. Did you go visit your doctor? No, but I'm good. Okay. Just let me know. We're on in five, four... Okay. Three... And now your local news with anchors Stu Steiger and Mary Merck. Thank you and welcome to your midday news. In Burns, Oregon, a small band of anti-government protesters who took over a group of federal buildings in Oregon said Monday that they aimed to restore and defend the Constitution, in particular, the rights of ranchers, and to set off a national movement, forcing the federal government to release its hold on vast tracts of western land. The federal government, for its part, are appearing in a contest for now and have nothing to wear but their arms. Ah, In other news, President Obama aims to sidestep Congress by taking executive action. And cleaning my eyebrows before the show. Stu, wake up, Stu. We're on the air. Oh, oh, yes. Four weeks before the Iowa caucuses, the Republicans are turning up the heat. They are not only attacking President Obama's policies, they're going after Hillary Clinton has... Uh, yes, the Republicans are turning up the heat, stating that today's policies 
are more apologies than... Hillary could take from Monica. After all, no use crying over spilled milk. Really, Stu? Um, and now for a glimpse at the week's forecast, we'll go to Arnie. Arnie, what does our forecast look like? Well, Mary, this week it's going to be cold, 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 as a northerly cold front is coming in from Canada. Uh, say, Stu, what are you doing in my neck of the woods? You have to find my snuggle bear. Snuggle bear. Meredith took it up north in the cold. Poor snuggles. Uh, we'll break off to hear a message from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Can't sleep, tossing and turning. Tried everything from pills to warm milk. We at the Acme Sleep Institute have the solution for you. Siesta Vista. The patented mattress that counts your sheep and sings you to sleep. Here are some testimonials from some of our customers. Siesta Vista is a miracle saver. I don't have to think about what sheep I left off at. I just can be lulled into a deep, deep sleep. I haven't slept this good since my dear old ma used to rock me in her arms. I love you, Siesta Vista. Yes, Siesta Vista. Sleep your deepest sleep. The patented mattress that counts your sheep and sings you to sleep. And now back to your local news with anchors Stu Steiger and Mary Merck. Get him off of there! I'm trying. He's not responding. Oh my gosh. Call 911. And now a breaking news bulletin from your local news station. We are here in front of Parlor City's local news station where emergency crews have been called out. Let's ask one of our bystanders, what is going on? What is going on, local bystander? It seems news anchor Stu Steiger has fallen asleep on the 15th floor ledge outside of the building. Wait, I'm getting a signal from the station. Meredith, Meredith, is that you? Yes, it's me. Everything is okay, folks. As soon as Stu is lifted off the ledge by Parlor City's finest, we will be back with me, Meredith Merck, your new head anchor. Stay tuned. We love our parents. We know we can't kill them. So that's why we write comedy. KB Cabaret presents The Dysfunctionals. Let's go. We don't have all night. Coming, dear. It's 8.30. Your loudmouth daughter just called and said we're late. Did you see my purse, Stanley? Uh, the one with the big brown pocket on the front? The one on your arm? I'll turn on the alarm when we leave. Now, where's my purse? Oh, for God's sake, it's on your arm, your arm. <laughs> How silly of me. <laughs> Do you have everything now, Ruth? I think so. Don't rush me. I'm not rushing you. You've been getting ready since 4.30. I invited them for 6 o'clock. A little late, maybe, but almost three hours. They're your parents, hon. Don't act so surprised. This, this is so typical. Mom, don't you think you had enough? I'm not drinking, Elizabeth. I'm fortifying my sanity. 
I think I hear them pulling up. Be nice. Okay, but don't hold me to it. Why do we invite them at all? It's what our family does. Suffer. I heard that. Ruth, Stanley, come on in. Well, let's get this over with. What stinks? Nice to see you too, Stanley. Hello, dear. Where's my baby granddaughter? Hello, Grandma. Come give your grandma a kiss. How did you get so tall? How did she get so tall? Lucky, I guess. This generation is getting taller and taller from all the crap they eat. Nice. Where's Ruth? Be right out. Shout? I'm not shouting. I'm only asking. She can be so rude sometimes. You're the loud one. Don't talk to your mother that way. What are you talking about? What did I do? She's got such a big mouth. Never mind. Just come out here. Hi, Mom. Dad. Nice you could make it so quickly. Hi, dear. You look lovely. What did you do to your hair? Nothing, really. It's the same as always. Did you color it differently? No. Whatever you did, it looks god-awful. You sure know how to ruin your look. Was that comment necessary? I'm old enough to say what I think. Your hair looks like... Would anybody like a drink? No, dear. But isn't it a little cold in here? Well, let me turn up the heat. Well, this is nice. Hope you like roast beef. That's what we're having. Whatever you make, dear, is fine. I won't eat much, anyway. Yeah, we had something before we came. You ate before you came here for dinner? It was eight o'clock. We were getting hungry. Are you kidding me? Honey. Mom, fine. Let's just sit at the table. Howard, pour me something. Anything. This is nice. Here you are. Let's get this over with. Here's your drink. What's this? Chicken soup with noodles. Tastes like the can it came in. It's from scratch. Do you remember the delicious soups I used to make, Stanley? I made sure all the ingredients were fresh. Well, this tastes like crap. I'm glad I'm not hungry. What else you got? There's spinach salad with feta, walnuts, and cranberry. Just bring the meat. Fine. Uh, we, we just saw a movie about Alan Turing, the, the guy who pioneered the internet, called The Imitation Game. Really fascinating stuff. Turing. Turing. Sounds Hungarian. No, uh, he, was, he was British. Are you sure? He was British. Well, he could have been Hungarian. Not everyone is Hungarian, Grandma. Anyone who is anyone is Hungarian, dear. Well, the, the, the irony of his life was that, that after all he did for the world, he, he was condemned for being gay. Yeah, it was awful. He was an idiot. For what? For prancing around showing off he was gay. That's the dumbest thing I've heard you say. Look, I've got nothing against gay people. Let them be gay privately. But when you prance around, la-di-da-da-da, look at me, then that's when you start showing off. This is delicious beef, dear. Hmm, too bad I'm not so hungry. Dry as toast. Good thing I ate. Uh, honey, uh, where are you going? Upstairs. I'll be down tomorrow. Typical. Rude always, running away from the truth. No, I just need to soak my head. You're going to bed? That's right, Mother. Well, that's the last time we come to dinner at your house. Promises, promises. I told you, your daughter has a big mouth.
your emergency. Hi, I'd like to make an appointment to make a 911 call. Excuse me? Of course. Um, what is the best time to call in an emergency? I'm sorry, ma'am, but there is no best time to call in an emergency. The best time to call is during the emergency. Okay, then I'll call back around 4.30 this afternoon. Uh, do you have an emergency now? Not until 4.30. What do you mean, not until 4.30? That's when my husband comes home from work. I'm not following you. I just found out he's cheating on me. That's not an emergency, ma'am. It will be when I whack him on the head with a baseball bat. You shouldn't do that. You're right. I'll shoot him instead. No, I didn't mean it that way. I meant you can't hurt him. Don't worry. I won't hurt him. Oh, thank goodness, ma'am. I'm glad to hear that. I'm going to kill him. Uh, No, you can't kill him either. Yeah, maybe you're right. I should hire someone to do it. Good idea. I I didn't say that. Well, it's going to take a little time for me to find a hitman. Do you suggest anyone in particular? I'm calling the police. Odd choice, but they do have guns. Ma'am, I'm afraid you can't do this. Right. Cancel my 430 and pencil me in for tomorrow. And now, The Wedding by Bree Harvey. Margaret was in love, or so she thought. A virgin at the age of 23, first love can be blinding. After all, she never dated. And the man she was marrying, she only knew for three months. But love, it was, right? The plans were in full throttle. Justice of the peace, to perform the ceremony, check. Hall for the reception, check. Five-piece, top 50 band, check. Gown, amazing, check. It was a reduced-price sale prom dress at Saks Fifth Avenue, only 150 bucks. But who cared? It was perfect. White and sequins and a four-inch pink taffeta sash on the waist. As stated before, amazing. Someone told Margaret to buy leather shoes so she can wear it again. Not the typical cardboard, uncomfortable bridal shoe. <laughs> Check. She followed that person's advice, although she couldn't remember who told her. Via, white daisies with a 50-inch tool. Check. Only one more day. Her father got plastered that night. They had a big party. Guests flew in from as far as Washington State. That was a big haul, considering <laughs> the wedding was in upstate New York. Her father never got drunk. But for some reason, he chose that night before her wedding to become totally full-fledged inebriated. He was on the floor of his bedroom by the time the night was over. On the floor, repeating over and over and over again, Why? Why? Her best friend from high school attended the party the night before the wedding. He was the typical tall, dark, and totally drunk. Margaret, I think we should talk, he said as he held her arm and led her to the porch outside her house. Are you sure you want to go through with this, he asked. Yes, Margaret answered. You know, I will do anything to defend you, he said. Really? Margaret asked. You know, I... I've always been in love with you. Stupid, 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 Margaret was thinking as the words were unfamiliar, almost hostile to her ears, pouring out of her mouth without any barriers. His response was not what she had been expecting. I I have always loved you, too. You know what? Marry me instead. Margaret was floored. Holy cr- Oh, my life is like a soap opera, she thought. Yes, is all she could say. They kissed. A weird kind of kiss, almost like she was kissing her brother that she never had. But 
They kissed. Margaret wrote a note to her former fiancé. Dear fiancé, it stated, life, life has, life has strange twists and turns. You are special, but I'm in love with someone else and decided to marry him instead. Don't worry, you'll be fine. Trust me, we will be better off this way. Goodbye. She folded the letter and sealed it in the envelope. Then she started to pack. The next morning, the call came in. You know, the type of call that has, what was I thinking I was so drunk kind of call? Yep, it was Margaret's best friend. Uh, Marge, I love you. You know I do, but I'm too young to make such a commitment. I, I had a little too much to drink last night, and Margaret's heart tried to save face. I know, she said. I understand. She hung up the phone in a trance. Her world was in chaos. What was she going to do now? The letter she was going to send her fiancé was still on her bedroom dresser. She looked at it, and after a few seconds, tore it up. Her father looked at his beautiful daughter in the white sequin dress with the four-inch pink sash and the daisies in her hair. You sure you want to go through with this? I'm sure she told her beloved father with tears pouring down her eyes. Our final selection from Sea Divers is called Meanders. We all got them. We all laugh at them. And yet we ask ourselves, why did I vote for him again? KB Cabaret presents The Scandler by Bill and Kate Murray.
begin his monthly press conference. Thank you, thank you. And now I am honored to introduce the Honorable Mayor Richard Scandler. Good afternoon, everyone. I would ask that you keep your questions today focused on issues of city government and to stay away from unsubstantiated rumors from unreliable people. Well, Mr. Mayor, I am sure you only want to talk about city government, but even you cannot believe we can ignore the newest scandal facing your administration. Of course I can believe that, Laura. Next question. Sally, second row. I I was not done, Mr. Mayor. I think you asked me a question, and I answered it. Sally? Mr. Mayor... Is it true you have been involved in a relationship with your former secretary for the last five years? Well, Sally, that does not seem to be a question about city government. Yes, it does, because you were both city employees at the time. Yes, but she's no longer a city employee. That is because you fired her for becoming pregnant, and you refused to support the child. I disremember that. What does that mean? It means just what I said. I disremember it. Stop dancing here, Mr. Mayor. Did you have an affair with her? I don't even remember what she looks like. She's right there in the back row. Oh, oh, oh um, uh, hello. <laughs> well, did you? Did I what? Did you have an affair with her? Well, I can honestly say I never slept with that woman. You are pointing at Sally. Yes, as you all know, I wish to remain honest and truthful at all times. And that is an honest and truthful statement. No, it's not. I had an affair with you for two years. (laughs) I meant that woman. That is my photographer. And the baby next to her in the car seat is her son by you. I think it's all, well, um, you there, ma'am, by the back door. Have I ever slept with you? Not that I remember, Sally. Well, there, to the best of her knowledge, I've never slept with that woman. This is outrageous. There is a sex tape of the two of you on the Internet. What, me and the old lady? Oh, my God. No, you and your ex-secretary. I'll play it on my tablet. Well, I warned you about unsubstantiated rumors from unreliable people. My God. The Internet's is full of unreliable people. To me, it looks like they put my head on someone else's fat, bloated body. That doesn't look like me at all. Mr. Mayor, there is also a second tape on this website with you and your current secretary. Do you deny that as well? Obviously, the same Internet's hooligan who perpetrated this hoax, is responsible for the second tape. At least they gave me a tan this time and did a fine job recreating my Bob Euchre tattoo. <coughs> if I could interrupt, uh, Mr. Mayor, I, I think this has become a forum for a lot of unsubstantiated he said, she said allegations, and the press conference should come to a close. I would also like to point out that the mayor could not have done any of these things because he was having dinner at my house for all of the nights in question. And days, too. Oh, yes, yes, and the days, too. I will testify to those facts until it looks like I could go to prison, and then I am open to a plea deal. Good afternoon. Yes, good afternoon. Mr. Mayor! Mr. One, Mr. More Mayor. One more question! One more question! One more question!
Next up, KB Cabaret presents The Confessional. Please begin. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. It has been one year since my last confession, and these are my sins. Well, Father, I, I don't know how to say this. Don't worry. God understands and forgives us all. There, there is nothing you could say that would shock me. Well, Father, that puts me at ease. Now go ahead, my son. Well, Father, I've had six outside of marriage. Mm, how many times have you done this, my son? 347 times in the past year. My goodness, 347 times with one woman in one year. Oh, no, Father. Many different women. A few times with each. Well, you, you must travel far and wide to find that many sinful women. Does, does your job take you all over the country? Oh, no, Father. I, I work and live in the village. I've never left the village. When I say you're pulling my leg, there are no more than a hundred women in this entire village. So, so there's no way your story could have happened. But... You have added being a sinful liar to your sins. I swear it's all true. Of course it is not true. I I was saying to my housekeeper just the other day how the people today have no regard for the truth. Oh, Mrs. O'Reilly, lovely woman, large breast, likes a good pat on the bottom. Are you saying that my housekeeper has been up to no good with the likes of you? Well, just three times at the most. Good Lord, man, she's a member of the church choir. Ah, the choir. Mrs. Shields, choir director. And then Maggie, Angela, Colleen, Rose, Sheila, Peg. Oh, and so many more. All spectacular women in their own unique ways. The whole choir. choir, My choir. Afraid so, Father. No. I refuse to believe any of this. Besides, it is mathematically impossible for you to have done this. As I said, there cannot be more than 100 women in this village. I see your point, Father, but apparently I'm very good at this particular sin, and I can only assume it was word of mouth. Word of mouth. I I still refuse to believe it because it physically is impossible for you to have done this. It would require you to have done the, the act more than three times a day over the course of a year. So, so there. Not trying to be snotty here, Father. But you stick to your area of expertise, and I'll stick to mine. As I said, I'm very good at this particular sin, so it's not more than three times a day every day, just some days. And, I mean, just do the math, 100 into 365. All I can say is, I'm glad the doors of the convent are locked. Yes, except Tuesday and Thursday afternoons between 3 and 6. My God, man, I am gobsmacked. It means I, the shepherd of the village, are loose women. If what you say is true, then you have not only committed the grave sin of sex outside of marriage. Many of the women you speak of are married. That means you and they are nothing but dirty adulterers. Let's not pile on here, Father. Pile on? All right, that's quite enough. One thousand Hail Marys, and one thousand Our Fathers. Now get out of here before you implicate my dear mother. Well, that's another reason I came here today, my son. 
Welcome to the first historic high school football game since the local noise ordinance went into effect. That's right, Rhonda. It's the Cyber Pit Bulls from Cyber High facing off against the Tiger Cats from Elmer High. Don't get too excited, Kenny. Remember the noise ordinance. Oh, sorry, Rhonda. High school football gets me all hot and bothered. Here's the starting backfield for the Cyber High offense. Running backs number 20, Sam Shippa. 28, Doug Borellis. 32, Ray Finnegan. And the quarterback, 22, Jimmy Wood. Oh, there he is! Number 22! Jimmy! Jimmy, we love you! What? That was too loud? I wasn't so loud. Was I that loud? I don't think so, but obviously they did. Who are they? The neighborhood noise watch? Shh, can't trust anyone these days. And starting for Elmer High's Tiger Cats defense, Sydney Kilmer, number 29. Boo. Oh. Yes. Wow, they're killing me over here. Yeah, I know, but we're just going to have to get used to it. Hope they don't think my new orange blazer is too loud. Well, that's you, honey, louder than life. I'm going to have to ask you two to keep it down. I'm trying to hear the game. The Neighborhood Noise Watch has a no-tolerance policy on breaking of the noise ordinance. Wood sacked by J.J. Beaver and a host of cats. Second down and 11 for the pit bulls. Finnegan wide to the right, and Wood tosses it to him. There he goes, there he goes, and touchdown! The referee is signaling that's an incomplete pass. No way. That was a backward pass by five yards. Run. what is a backwards pass? How should I know? I'm a golf announcer. We got screwed! We got screwed! Kill the ref! Honey, honey, keep it down. Oh, great. Now the neighborhood noise watch man is coming back this way. That's it, lady. You were warned. Put your hands behind your back while I install this neighborhood noise watch gag. Rhonda, there appears to be a disturbance in the stands. Must be the neighborhood noise watch has found its first perpetrator. Serves her right. How could anybody enjoy a football game with all this noise? Well, honey, you sure messed up. We'll probably have to pay a fine and your name will be in the paper. What do you have to say for yourself? Uh, excuse me, sir. Any chance I could get a few of those gags from you? Well, folks, that's all for today's show of KB Cabaret. I want to thank you, our wonderful audience, for tuning in. KB Cabaret could not exist without you. I would also like to thank our hardworking actors and writers, Kate Murray, Judy McMahon, Molly Murray, Charles Berman, John Carey, John Montgomery, and Bill Murray. And I'd like to thank our hardworking sound engineer, Charles Berman, and his assistant, Valentine Monfuega. My musical engineer, Dave Rice, and a special shout-out to Christina Danella, my former music engineer, who is now working on Broadway. KB Cabaret is always looking for original musicians and writers. Inquire at kbcabaret.com. And sponsors, we have a special page just for you at kbcabaret.com. Just go on to the sponsors link and hook up with our climbing number of over 14,000 listeners that we are generating live on this show, our podcast, and on iTunes. In Parlor City, there are no goodbyes, only farewells. Until next time, this is Bree Harvey. Have a Calabaloo type of day.
Share our policy. Come back again now to KB Cabaret.